Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. We are closing out our first year of existence. And did you know, Paul, that Julia Minamata was the very first guest we ever had on our show? Yes, it's an all-time classic episode. Guess who's here? It's Julia Minamata. Hey, hey. How are you doing, Julia? It's always a pleasure to have you on. I'm doing really well, and it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, because I, I, I wonder how many times people uh, do an episode with us and swear that they'll never, never be back again. Never not me. Not me. I think I pretty much proved that. Uh, so, Julia, um, yeah, when we, so obviously the big, <laughs> uh, the big thing on our minds is the Crimson Diamond. Uh, we, we talked to you about it uh, a year ago. And it's been a year of development and shopping it around a little bit, a couple of um, new demos and releases. Uh, So why don't you catch us up on the last year in review for the Crimson Diamond? Oh, sure. Well, uh, technically, my second episode was last April, so it's not really been a year since I've spoken about it. But yeah, there's been some stuff going on and I've been I've been to some stuff and I've done some stuff. So yeah, we'll we'll get started. I'm looking at my own dev blog for reference, which is <laughs> which is a purpose I'd never thought I'd use this for. So hey, I, I get to get some value out of this now, awesome. which is kind of awesome. And to be fair, uh, when you were on in April, you were mostly talking about the Colonel's Bequest more so than your game. So now is a good time to. Uh, so I guess that one doesn't quite count in terms of uh, being able to talk about your game. Well, I, I mean, I guess I would enjoy speaking about Colonel's Bequest far more than my own game, although nothing new has happened with the Colonel's Bequest for quite some time. So I don't think well. I could add anything now. <laughs> okay, let's see. So, well, so one of the things I did since I've been on last was I finally got the demo on Steam. Yes. Which is, it's now there. I'd encourage anyone to, you can get it for free on Steam, play it, wishlist it, please. It'd really, really be helpful because apparently when you launch, uh, the wish listing thing is kind of a big deal to them. So that's what I hear. So yeah, um, it's on Steam now, which is a lot harder to do than I had anticipated. And it actually made me respect every single game that's on Steam a lot more than I had before. I hadn't really thought about it, but it's, yeah. it's kind of an ordeal. And they oh, don't wow. make it easy. So yeah. Like how, in, in what way? Like what was what was the process? Well, well, I blame myself partly for this because I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a programmer first. I don't have that technical side of it. So for me to figure it out was was uh, was tough. It's not just a matter of right. uploading a folder or anything like that. Right, right. It, it's yeah, it, it's it's a scripts and stuff. I I really had no idea what happened, and I was actually had a moment over that weekend where I thought to myself, I guess I guess um, that's it. I'm just stopping now, forever. <laughs> Wait, it was not depressing, even... but I got I got through it. Like stopping is in like not going on Steam or just like the <laughs> game is canceled. <laughs> The game was canceled. <laughs> Can't do this. <laughs> I'm so tired of learning. Okay, for, I do love learning new things, but there's a point. There was a point in that weekend when I was thinking to myself, "I'm done learning new things. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> it's over." I hit that luckily, moment luckily, a long time ago. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> do you like learning new things, Paul? Um, or do you hate not, it? I'll die before I learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Well, that's my level of stubbornness. Yeah, okay, I got one. Did, so did you have to add actual like programming script special numbers and letters to, to the game to get it on Steam? Uh, there is something called Steam Console, I think, where you have, it's like DOS almost, where you have to, 
you know, it's that, you know, mounting and unmounting and, you know, that stuff you do with DOSBox sometimes. Right. It was that right. kind of thing, but stuff that I completely was unfamiliar with. And I was rooting to certain directories that I had to create and everything. And I'm sure it was very straightforward for most people. But uh, for me, I only know enough to get in trouble. I only know enough to make my own game. And anything else beyond that is completely beyond me. And uh, the documentation that was on the Steam site was like five years old or something. So the stuff they were showing on their helpful tutorial was really super dated and not accurate anymore. So um, I'm hoping they fix that eventually. But I, not that I care because, hey, it's done for me now. And now updating is actually really simple, fortunately <laughs> oh, for me. Oh, good. So good. I withdraw that request. Steam is fine. Steam has been fine for me. Um, but after Steam, what I did was I did set up a Patreon. And uh, that's all that stuff's on my site. And I set it up because they were going to raise their uh, tier rates or something. So in order to get grandfathered in at a certain kind of rate, everyone was saying that, you know, oh, make up your Patreon and make up your Patreon. So I, I made up a Patreon. That was my reason. And now it's up. And uh, it's been it's good for like little incidental expenses here and there. And um, I really appreciate having that part because, yeah, I'm not I'm not selling the game yet or anytime in the near future. So any little bit counts. And so that's up too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, I did uh, a little bit of... Um, well, no, I wasn't streaming, but I was I was on some streaming things that happened since the last time I was on. And so uh, Skippy Granola, yeah, who's a Twitch, who's a Twitch LPR and things, he uh, he hosted me on his channel, and he played through some of the demo. Did he play through the whole thing? Um, he might have, but he, we played through a bit. We had a chat. He's a lovely, he's a lovely dude, and uh, we had so much fun that we came back on. A later date, and we actually did an LP right, of all yes, three Hugo right. games, which was super cool because David P. Gray. I admire this. I admire those solo the solo game dev people quite a bit. You know, Francisco mm -hmm. Gonzalez, David P. Gray. They they kind of take it all on, you know. And and I love that, and I love that spirit. So it was really a treat for me to 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 do some David P. Gray research and get to talk him up a bit and and sort of sprinkle in David P. Gray. Do you guys watch any LPs, things like that, um, on the regular? Not regular. Yeah, and I, I personally have stayed away from just because I'm really sensitive about s not even spoilers, but I, like I feel like if I know anything about a game, I won't I won't play it because there's always way too many games to play. So as soon as like if a game gets overexposed for me, I'll feel like it, you know, it lost some magic or surprise element. So anyway, I'm really paranoid about watching anything about a game that I uh, haven't played. And then, yeah, I guess I guess for the games that that I have played, I already played them, so I need to watch it, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoy watching or listening and watching to LPs of games that I've played before, because sometimes if you're lucky, you get uh, a commentator who knows a lot about the game and can give a bit of background and, and right. some details about the development. And uh, I found that I've been enjoying um, Space Quest historians, uh, trolls, trolls is. Um, youtube channel watching all through all his space quest stuff because he'll talk about the difference between versions of space quest uh, you know this was version 1.1 of space quest one this is version 1.3 and the differences and they'll show oh, examples wow. that's, and yeah that's that's, really that's the sort of thing that i probably would actually watch i really yeah. so I enjoy that kind of stuff yeah it's funny you say it specifically because i i uh, listened to his podcast version but i think a lot of the times the youtube videos are the same as the podcast kind of deal uh, with trolls when he did like um the space quest historian oh. stuff and backseat design his podcast but uh, he taught me during one of the podcasts he's like you know if you have you were saying version 1.1 and 1.2 and everything and i remember him telling me if, if you have version 1.1 like the the actual first release then you could enter ken in and get that little animation in the beginning 
You guys know what I'm talking about? No. So I, it's, you know what I mean? Space Quest 1, yeah, if you, yeah. um, the first option is to enter your name for, for the rest oh. of the game. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah right. Ken yeah, yeah. And then he, he comes on screen and yells at them for, for being late on development or whatever. But anyway, it was just a coincidence. It's Julia, you happen to mention Trolls and, and the same version of the same game that Trolls taught me to go look at. So it is really fascinating when you can get insight like that. I never really thought about uh, watching a, a stream or a Let's Play for the, and actually learning something. I, I just thought it would be somebody like mouth breathing through a game or something. So, yeah. so you're turning me around on it. You just got to find the right ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your mileage may vary. Yeah, it really does depend. Yeah. And also, um, for instance, the Level Zero NPCs, uh, Luke Rideout, him and his buddies, they'll do LPs of games that I've played before, even with the ones that I haven't played before, but are older, like they'll, they did a Gold Rush, they did Codename Iceman, stuff that I don't really see myself going back to play. And sometimes it's just fun to hang out and just listen to their chatter because sometimes people have really good right. rapport. So right. I'll enjoy cool. some of that yeah. too. I, I really wish that I had a show with somebody that I had a rapport with. Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to let that sit, Paul? Come on. I'm still tempted to, to start talking more about Gold Rush because people just keep giving me options left and right <laughs> to talk about that game lately. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So how where is the game now compared to where it was about a year ago? It uh, it's It's developed. It's It's... Yeah, it's developed further. Um, I'm actually working on my latest beta release for it. And uh, I've mentioned before that I've separated the game and the story into about seven story sections. The demo is one section, and I've finished and I'm ready, nearly ready to beta test. Uh, what is it? The third up to the third section of the game. So it's coming along, but just the thing is, is is the more game I make, the more I end up having to test. So each time I get to that stage, it takes longer. And then the more can go wrong from the earlier stuff because I'm a sloppy programmer right. and I'm just making it up as I go along. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's an issue. And something, uh, well, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but uh, one of the things I did for the latest version of the beta that's not yet released is uh, it's 32-bit, a 32-bit version instead mm, of the 8-bit right. version, which is what I started with. And the reason I did that was um, because I was chatting to Dave Gilbert, whom we met over PAX, but we're jumping ahead. I was chatting to Dave Gilbert about it, and you know, he asked me, and I said, oh, I'm doing 8-bit. And he just gave me, I think it was the emoji with like, the <laughs> yeah. O-mouth. Like, it just kind of looks, you know, just taken aback. Like, he didn't even, even say anything. And I said, oh, you know, is this, is this like a wrong thing I've done? And uh, he gave the impression that I... I probably would prefer to have right. it be a 32-bit game versus an 8-bit game and i see the value in that because some people were having display issues with the game as it was so hopefully in the next beta people will have um, fewer issues and are able to display it correctly without too much finagling and so so that's part of the reason the beta has taken a bit a bit of longer than i would have liked especially this iteration of it and uh, another reason is because i did add a complete other puzzle to the beta oh, cool. that was skippy's suggestion and it made sense to me, so I added it, and <laughs> it was a lot more work than I was expecting. It took like two <laughs> weeks to implement. So thank you, Skippy. Uh, as soon as I release this, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap him, and I'm gonna be like, "You're gonna have to test this. It is it is the Skippy puzzle now, and uh, it it has a lot of different things going on, and it's got a lot of steps. But the thing is, is people won't notice that it has right. a lot of steps or different options on how to solve it." Because they'll just do it however way they do it. But I had to give them a bunch of different options on how to do it because it didn't make sense right, to me not right. to be them to have those options that they will never <laughs> appreciate, probably. But 
We'll see about that. The little statements like that just just blow my mind when you're like, I, I had to give them the, the player multiple options to solve the puzzle. Like, I'm not gonna ask you to like explain to us and everyone listening, whatever, like how you do it actually, but like, how do you do that? Like on a <laughs> I mean, uh, you could just say programming, and I'll take that as an answer, and we'll move on. But I'm just really curious, like how the, how do you even begin to to create like <laughs> parameters and like like set rules inside of a thing? And you're using AGS. Yes. Yeah. Is it, do you find it? Is it like? Because my impression, I have zero experience, so so I shouldn't even be saying this to you. But but my impression from the outside reading is is that AGS is like. It's it's ideal in many ways, and it's obviously you know huge and, and a big favorite for a reason. But that it's also not the most like user friendly in like a GUI sort of aspect. Is, is how's it been to learn that? I would place any shortcomings that the game and the programming have squarely on my own shoulders at this point. I think that AGS for me has been really great, and I there haven't been any problems. And anything that I haven't figured out how to do, it's just because of my own ignorance. <laughs> so uh, I, I can't I can't say it's 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 the the engine or anything like that. It's in in terms of actually just um, creating a puzzle, or creating different options for a puzzle. I guess the thing is, is you kind of have to imagine how someone's going to approach that for the first time. And when you're programming, there's always well, there's this or there's this, if and else and whatever, and just trying to cover all your bases really. And then the worst part is going back and testing all those things and making sure that you didn't. Forget something. I mean, the simplest thing I can think of is if you say, you know, uh, take marmalade, right? And then is the marmalade there or not? You got to check that first. Have you already taken the marmalade? In which case, mm. you have to have a message yeah. that says you've already taken the marmalade. Right, like right. all that, you know, the little stuff like that. Um, you just kind of have to think of every situation and then and then uh, test it after to make yeah. sure that it well, I mean, stays see, logically I do have to say that uh, I actually, uh, yeah. further to that point, it was, I was actually very surprised because there was one time uh, uh, I streamed playing crimson diamond and you uh sat in on that one and my objective was because you know every time i saw somebody play your game they were just playing it like a game they're like oh let's see what uh let's try to get to the end of the demo well, whereas, dare I was, they? <laughs> whereas well i mean i sort of thought like okay that, that's great that they did that but uh if there's anything that i is there anything that uh new that i can bring to you if i'm going to try to stream it uh for myself i sort of thought well i'm going to just try to break your game I'm going to try to like, I'm going to try to do things I think maybe you might not have thought of, or maybe they're going to try things that uh, I, I think might uh, just, just bug testing, right? Let's see. I appreciate if I, you doing if I can think of something. Yes. <laughs> on a video. Seeing if I can think of something that you didn't think of. And to your credit, zero. Like I couldn't break that game. Uh, maybe there's like a few clipping oh. issues and that was about it. I think there's like one bug. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but. Um, otherwise, like every time I typed in something just to troll the game, there was always a response, and it was you always was a, a step ahead of me on that one. I, I actually really I, I had so much respect because it's sort of like, wow, you actually thought of this thing that I just thought up right now just to see if I could be a jerk, and yeah, and and you had like you had it covered. Yeah, you got to think like Rick when you're when you're programming these things. You know? That's the key. Building troll-proof games. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I, I mean, there are, there have been so many bugs people have found. There, there was there was one in the thing in the beta that's out now. I mean, it's not publicly available, but to my friends and the testers that I have it out, I'm pretty sure there's a bug in that that won't let you leave the kitchen. And oh. uh, not many people have told me this. Only one person has told me this, 
And so uh, it's still out there, that particular beta version. No one else has said that you, they can't leave the kitchen <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, but the demo is working fine. I mean, the first thing I checked was the publicly available demo to make sure that the kitchen was still leavable. And it is. So it's, right now it's just a beta issue. And it was a simple fix. They've already fixed it. Right. But I'm actually horrified by the, by the bugs that I find in it. And uh, I, just, I just think of past Julia and her sloppy self just not having considered certain mm-hmm. things or, or just uh, messing up little bits. And uh, it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a blow to the ego when you think, okay, well, it's going well. And then, yeah. you, you know, you, people give you a list of just horrible mistakes. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, you even, uh, e- even AAA studios have no problem releasing their games with far more bugs than your <laughs> game currently has. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll say that now, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, so, PC Gamer, uh, Tom Sykes of PC Gamer wrote a little article in Diamond, which is super cool. And um, that was unexpected for me. And it's always a pleasure to see, you know, people getting interested, um, especially on something like PC Gamer. Like, even my dad knows about PC Gamer. I told him yeah, that PC Gamer did an online article. And he's like, are you kidding? So, yeah, even he knows about that. Oh, awesome. Article. So it's really cool. It's always cool when you get, like, parental recognition for something. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really, yeah, PC, the, the, you know... It, Regardless of how anyone even feels about the, the magazine itself, it, it's it's just the the, the principle that they're like a they're like a, a staple. Like you've you've made it, you've arrived. If if PC game was covering it, I was excited <laughs> for you when I heard about that. It's that's that's really big. And and I also saw that uh, pushing up roses, who's got a huge you know YouTube channel for classic gaming uh, and such, heavy on the and such. Yeah. Um, but I saw she did. She had done a, a video just of the demo, and that was really cool because you know she. I know she's got a big reach, and I've been a fan for a long time. So, so when she picked that up, uh, I don't. I'm not sure she's ever done a demo before. Like you know, literally just too excited to even wait for the game to come out. That was really cool. That was so cool for me. That and that's actually what I was going to talk about next because yeah, that was a surprise. I follow, I follow her on Twitter. I've been a fan of her for ages, and uh, yeah, that was that was one of the high points I'd have mm. to say of the year since since last we spoke is just having her be interested and and uh, to make a little video i mean it takes a lot of work to do a video you know I oh mean, yeah it's i've tried once and i can say <laughs> i have a lot of respect for that too and and so just having someone that you've admired for years you know feature your your thing on their on their channel is that was that was amazing for me yeah absolutely so, so did she just find it like did was it just out there and she just like came across it on her own I think she said that her fans were telling her about it. Oh, okay. That, that she should try it, which is even better too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that was awesome. And, and and speaking of, I did make um someone on Twitter asked me a technical question about how I do my animation and how I how I integrate it into Adventure Game Studio. So I did a little like a little seven minute video that's up on my channel. Um, I do have a channel, but it, there's not a lot going on there. I'm not sure really what I want to do with my YouTube at the moment. But there's my game trailer. I have a playlist of all the LPs that people have done. And I've made my own one video. And it was it was not easy to make this one <laughs> video that was seven minutes long. I don't understand how people do it. But yeah. it's just a how-to video, like of a technical aspect. And I'm kind of been thinking, you know, maybe I'd want to eventually go back and sort of do a series on how, I, how I've developed and things like that. But that's something I'm not really considering right now. It's just something for the future, potentially. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, there was a part, there was a period there where I was working really hard to get just okay enough at pixel art to to maybe have a go at it. And I watched a lot of, um, not a lot, that's my point. I watched the the two available tutorials for AGS that I could find. (laughs) And they they were, they were probably, they were fine. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
they they they, they did their hardest, you know, they, or tried their hardest, whatever. But but there's there's not, my point is there's not enough, um, in my opinion, like tutorials on on this specific genre, which you know it's niche and specific, of course. But I'd I'd love it for selfish reasons if you'd done that thing, please. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I do have that Patreon now. I don't know if I would want to give it to only Patreon people. I kind of would want the most people possible to see it because I would like more people to make uh, Adventure Game Studio text parser games or EGA games. So I don't imagine that I would leave it just for Patreon. I'd want it to just be on my channel. Um, we'll mm -hmm. see. It's something I have to think about. It's not something I'm considering seriously right now because I'm just trying to get the game done. And uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> do, you do a little bit of traveling here and there to show it in places. So we'll see. Uh, Indie Games Plus did a did an article about it. Joe Couture did an article, which is really cool, and he did a really good um, compare. I think he did. No, no, the next person did the comparison. What the one of these two articles? I'm sorry, I can't remember who, but the guy. There's a guy in Indie Games Plus, Joe Couture, and Steven Schroeder at Medium.com. They both did articles in the same. It must have been the same month, I think, about the game. And so, and one of them was a really big. You can tell he's a really big adventure game fan, and especially lower bow stuff, because he actually posted screenshots of both games and discuss the similarities and the differences and things that was nice. really in depth oh, that's cool oh yeah that was steven schroeder steven schroeder at medium.com so all the all these links are on my site if anyone ever wants to read these i just every single time someone writes about it or shows an interest it's just the best thing for me because when you're working on your own to do something you're just in your room and you're kind of just in your own head a lot of the time and i don't really leave the house a lot either so just knowing that it's reaching out to other people and they're getting interested and excited it's mm -hmm. just the best is the absolute best for me and uh, august was great um so yeah we talked about space quest historian trolls he mm -hmm. he um i was on his channel to do um, a video chat with him when he played through some of the demo that was just really cool that's what i actually he, uh, know about. again coming from oh really yeah i didn't know about that I mean, i'm sure you might have mentioned it but uh, just there's uh there's times where just i just there's so much stuff going on that i things get past me of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I recommend that one. He, he has a lot of fun with it. And uh, we, we have a little bit of a chat. And I think that was my first, uh, my first video thing that, that with him. And he was, he's a great host. I mean, we, you know from PAX that he's a great host. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. The Adventure was. Game panel that we will get to. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, that was a great experience for me. And he had a lot of fun with it. And um, the same month, I was on Matt Chat with Matt Barton. And that was really cool as well. Right. He played yeah, through yeah. some uh, some of the demo. Yep. And we talked about it. And he's a he's a really great interviewer. He's a really smart guy. Um, he teaches English, so he's he's all about the writing and things like that. And he's a big lover of these old style games. And uh, it's funny because with him, um, Stig from from Classic Gamers Guild um, kind of had had him do a shout out about my game on his channel, and that's kind of how we got connected. Right. Yes. And so it's you know having that was awesome and and just and I thanked him later for it on on Classic Gamers Guild and Steve was like I've got a reputation to uphold of being like a frosty Nordic man or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thank you very much for 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 connecting us. And so Matt, I mean, I recommend Matt Chat as well. He's got a great channel. He's interviewed Laurie and Corey Cole, yeah. Brenda and John Romero, Alexei Pajitnov, who did Tetris, who invented Tetris. And Richard Garriott, so and Jane Jensen, like so many people, he's interviewed. Oh, Josh Mandel over yeah. the over the years. Wow! So I definitely recommend Maybe, his channel. Yeah, it's really good. I, I feel like I, I think I just saw one recently of him with perhaps Al Lowe. I think why not? Maybe he's done one with Al Lowe. I don't know if he's done one recently, but he has done one with Al Lowe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's one I saw oh, recently. He's, he's a, yeah, I recommend all those. And 
there was another person who streamed um, my game, and her name is Ask Alice. And that was, she was a Twitch streamer. I can't find her. So I don't know how Twitch works because sometimes I want to link to these things, and then they kind of go away after a few days or after a certain number of videos. Right. Um, and I hope to figure out how that works, but I would have loved to link to it because she streamed the demo for three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's opening it in every door twice yeah <laughs> and she didn't even finish it which is so hilarious to me um <laughs> but she was great and and i just learned about that on twitter and it's funny because she she usually was she was she was streaming another game before and she said oh this looks like a cool game it's a demo i'm going to try it out and then we're going to get back to the other game that i was playing you know that she said to her to her, her, her viewers and for three hours she's like she couldn't believe how long the demo was, I guess, because apparently she's used to much shorter demos. And uh, so she said eventually maybe we'll, she'll come back and finish it. But we'll, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see if she can get around to it again. Yeah. But that was an awesome experience, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it, the, yeah, the demo, it's been great having one. I mean, and apparently it's, it's, uh, it's sort of an exception rather than the rule when, when people are at this stage of development is actually to have that vertical slice of a playable demo. So I recommend it to anybody else. I mean, from my own own this is my first experience doing any of this. And so uh, I'm glad I have it. And uh, just so happens, you know, to have it out there, to have people get interested is, is really a good, good tool to have. It's got, it's got to be great for the morale too, as far as, like you said, being, being kind of holed up in the house for, for long periods of time and just in your head all the time. And it's nice. And, you know, you put this out there and then PC gamer and all these people are, are streaming it and reviewing it. And that's got to, that's gotta be really good for for like to recharge your batteries. Absolutely, absolutely. Every every time someone sort of you know I get another Twitter follower or someone on Patreon, or yeah, an article or something, it just kind of makes me feel that I'm moving in the right direction with it mm-hmm. because it can feel like working in a vacuum, right? And not you know you don't get feedback a lot of the time, and you don't really know if what you're doing is interesting. And one of the problems when you're testing a game is it starts to get really boring. And you kind of start wondering to yourself, is this actually any fun? Would this even be a fun thing for people to do? Because you keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Right. It's almost like jokes, right? I mean, you can't, it's hard to imagine something, someone's going to laugh at something if you've practiced it, you know, over and over and over again. Until you actually see people react to it. And you kind of get this feeling like, okay, maybe I'm not, you know, misleading myself or that's of any value. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So um, I first became aware of the crimson diamond uh back before it was called the crimson diamond and probably about like two years ago so probably before you know the before the guild the classic gamers guild started uh i was new into the online community and um i saw posts in some of the groups about your game uh and it was obviously an immediate attention grabber just because it's like you know it's so cool to see uh somebody working on something that's just such a perfect you know uh spot on throwback to the old style especially in the style of colonel's bequest um around that time so going back about two years uh what was the exposure on the game like at that time like, was, there, was there a lot of coverage over it at that point let's see well the public the, the the demo became public available i think last november because i had entered it to be shown at something called wordplay in toronto at the toronto reference library here Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got in, it's a showcase of about 25 games all over the world. And when I got in, I realized I need to have something to show people. And so when I 
you know, I actually had a lot of the demo already built at that point, but I was kind of doing everything kind of scattershot. Like I said, I'd leave it for a long time. I'd do work, I'd come back to it, I'd forget where I was. And I didn't really have that, like a specific goal in mind for it at that point until I had to make the demo. And then when I had to make the demo, it suddenly, you know, everything starts clicking into place. Well, this is, these are the things I need to do in order to get this ready for people to play. And so mm -hmm. the first time anyone ever really saw it, you know, beyond just myself was, was at Wordplay last November. And then, um, I think that's pretty much the only place Mm -hmm. uh that i was that was public publicly being shown and then you know with the guild and everything i started to share it in weekend weekend con which any um, classic gamer guild member is welcome to do every weekend i put up a post and you can share you know your projects it doesn't have to be a computer game project it can be any anything you're doing creative that you want to share with us music games art anything and so i started putting it on there and um i don't know i mean it just it's weird because uh, the the PC gamer and all that stuff that that got published online was not anything I was seeking out myself. It's not like I was contacting PC gamer and I was asking them to do a, to write an article about it. It's just people found it themselves. Oh, that's great. So I'm not actually yeah. yeah I'm not actually sure how they've been finding it because I only recently put it up on Steam. So I I, <laughs> I should ask. I should ask. Didn't even didn't it even come out on? Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly the chronology myself. Uh, did did uh, I almost feel like it was featured in PC Gamer before it was released on Steam? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. So that's uh, that's so impressive. I, <laughs> I yeah. So someone downloaded it directly from my site because that was the only way it was available at the time, and I don't even know if I would ever download a demo directly <laughs> from anyone's site. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of impressive all on its own. Oh, yeah. Right now it's uh, still direct on the site and it's on Steam. The demo's on Steam and the this, this, this demo is also on itch.io. And I have to look into GOG or GOG. Do you guys say GOG or GOG? GOG. Yeah, GOG. Oh. <laughs> GOG. We, we, we know what you mean either I look way. I putting it there. Yeah. This sounds mm. so abandoned in that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, so yeah. So I'm doing trying I'm trying to work out putting in other places, you know. So yeah, GOG. Yeah. Oh no. What you said GOG or GOG? GOG. I pick one, it doesn't matter. It's like GIF and GIF. I don't know. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna switch my answer just to mess with you continuously. Have <laughs> you oh. saying it on a loop? <laughs> well, whatever that place is called, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, so yes. so that it's available in those places and until I could work on the other one and, and the rest of it. Um, and I think at this point, we can start talking about packs and all the cool stuff we got to do in packs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and how cool it was to, we got to volunteer with Transcellular Games, Laurie and Corey Cole, at their booth that they had, mm -hmm. and um, that was an amazing experience. Yep. this was that. Uh, and it was also valuable for me because I could see how that was done, and I'm going to be doing that soon too. Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually uh, just as a point of note, this was the uh, Overpax weekend was the very first time that you and I had met in person. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, even though it was we're magical, yeah. E even though globally speaking, we're pretty much neighbors. Like I I'm over in Ottawa, and you're in Toronto, uh, so we're really mm -hmm. hop, skip, and a jump away from each other. But uh, when we finally met, it was in Seattle. <laughs> so kind of uh, yeah. funny to think of it like yeah. that. We got to meet a lot of. I mean, I met a lot of people. 
mm-hmm. that I'd never met before that we just know from the guild and it was awesome. It was instant, you know, oh, I already know you guys and it was already familiar and already comfortable. So that was, mm-hmm. that was really cool to have that. Yeah. Not something I was ever expecting that I, I would get a chance to do. So, and uh, we can move on, I guess, to <laughs> talking about um, how, yes, I got to meet Doug Herring, who did the art for the Colonel's Bequest, which is clearly my favorite art, my favorite SCIEGA art, my, probably my favorite adventure game art, and the biggest creative visual inspiration for the Crimson Diamond. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that because I didn't ever think in my whole life that that would ever happen. And, uh, you know, I, I got him to sign my Colonel's Book Quest big box that you and Roberta both kind of Frankenstein together out of extra pieces. <laughs> so I've got a full <laughs> Colonel's Book Quest big box. And it's so special to me because you guys kind of both went, worked together to create it mm-hmm. and, uh, and get it to me. And, and, and having him sign it was kind of the capper on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's it, <laughs> the experience was just like a once in a lifetime type of thing, you know. For sure, yeah. And yes. to actually get to talk to him about art, he's a really interesting guy. You know, he's awesome. really cool and interesting. And so we got to talk about yeah, computer art, just re- like actual art painting. He gets all up to all kinds of stuff nowadays, where he makes props and he makes all kinds of cool stuff and shows it on Facebook. Oh, sweet! And uh, just yeah, yeah. Um, so. You know, I sometimes still chat to him from time to time on Facebook Messenger, and we talk about paint. And I talk about this new paint that came out last November. It's called Liquitex <laughs> Acryl- Acrylic Gouache. I'm serious. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, he said he's going to try some and, and see how it report back because he used to really like a, another kind of paint that they don't really sell anymore. So hope, right. I'm hoping that it's going to be something he's going to be able to use going forward. But uh, that was really cool. I also got to meet Francisco Gonzalez. That's right. Who made... Um, Golden Wake in Lamplight City and a bunch of other games in AGS, the Ben Jordan series. Never thought I'd ever meet him. I'm a huge admirer of him because yeah. he's basically doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. He's a solo indie dev making adventure games in Adventure Game Studio and being able to ask him actually even specific technical questions about you know, I can't I don't know how to do this, I don't know how to do that. He he has been really like super awesome, super nice and helpful. So yeah. that's like crazy i can't believe i got to meet him either yeah he's and, just such a really cool goes, guy this is a really cool nice yeah, guy he's, he's yeah. so nice and really cool yeah they say don't meet your heroes but i don't know i've had nothing but good experiences. right yeah 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 i can encourage that <laughs> yeah quick quick question the, the i forgot his name but the guy um who you met who did the art for colonel's bequest what was his name doug herring yeah doug herring Douglas did he herring. Did yeah. he do any? Did he do any other games with Sierra? Because that art is so like it's so unique and distinctive in that game. Yeah, he did some animations for Conquest of Camelot, and yeah, and uh, he did a bit of work on Quest for Glory too as well. But he said to me that Colonel's Bequest is sort of like the gem for him because he—that's the one he did basically all the art on. Right, and that's so, yeah, really his his trademark his one. Yeah, because you, you can mm-hmm. you can just tell that that game stands out from all the Sierra games. It just has a, a just a different style, a, a, just a different vibe, I guess, more than mm-hmm. more than style because mm-hmm. styles are you know limited back then. But but yeah, just I, you know the the kind of darkness of the palette and stuff. It, it's just really really unique. So I was wondering if I could see his work anywhere else, and I, I kind of suspected maybe not, just because nothing else is as unique as that one. 
Well, it's cool because so um, where I met him was uh, yeah I met him at this this party that was happening over PAX, and um, <laughs> there was a, a musical performance um, by Liana, who's another gilder, Liana Kersner, and and uh, Keith O'Neill. They're both gilders, and they both uh, they they did this great routine where they swapped out song lyrics for adventure game lyrics, and they had a screen that a big screen where they were showing clips from the old adventure games, and they they pretty much run the gamut of I think all of the Sierra series and a couple LucasArts games and while that was happening uh, Doug Herring was standing behind me and when the Conquest of Camelot stuff came on he tapped me on the shoulder and goes oh oh I did that part <laughs> doing the little enemy. Awesome. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing <laughs> yeah. that's ever happened to me <laughs> yeah yeah um it's, I don't even know what to say uh, I think I choked up pretty hard meeting him yeah it's just such a surreal experience meeting all these people like under the in the same room, you know, mm-hmm. the people that you never really think you would meet uh, in, in your life. And then suddenly here they are at the same party. I think there's like a, I, I have a picture somewhere on Facebook and it's this great picture of um, I believe it was uh, Al Lowe uh, talking with uh, Josh Mandel. And in the background is uh, <laughs> Corey Cole eating a pizza. <laughs> and it's like this just covers exactly just how amazing and bizarre this whole situation is just uh, seeing everyone just uh seeing all these heroes and they're just such so casual and just like hanging out (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was bananas Mm -hmm. it was bananas crazy dave gilbert i got to meet dave gilbert as well i never thought i'd ever meet him i it's funny because i actually i should check the date of this email but i emailed him at least four or five or six years ago because I knew he commercially released and published Adventure Game Studio, Adventure Games. And I had some questions about, okay, well, how, do, how would I go about that myself? And he answered promptly and in great detail, and he was super nice. Oh, sweet. And I thought, I'm, I'm, I got an email from Dave Gilbert. He answered my questions. That was so cool. And then I got to meet him and then talk to him about the games. And, and you know, I got to ask him questions, and he asked me how you know, the project is going. And I got to play a bit of the demo for him. And uh, that was also one of those things I never really expected to happen ever. Yeah. And yeah. Julia, speaking of AGS, so I noticed a lot of the a lot of the devs on on AGS sneak a, a blue coffee uh, mug, a blue cup <laughs> in, into the game. Have you done that? Of course. <laughs> I, have, I have a yeah, I have a gift right. of it actually, and it's in the kitchen. And I, I took special care because it's in a sort of a, a glass paint cabinet that you can kind of see the silhouettes of the the mugs that are in there and you open it up and there's a blue mug and all the other mugs are white you pick up you pick up the blue mug oh, awesome. and it's an inventory item you use the you use it in the puzzles in in, the, in a puzzle at least one oh, puzzle cool. and when you when you close the when you close the glass pane cabinet you can still see the silhouettes of the mugs but the blue mug silhouette is now gone mm. so so that i made sure so that, cool. that you, you kind of get that see-through um, thing where yes, I've taken a mug, and I can see that I've taken the mug, even though the, the cabinet is not closed. Yeah. So yeah, I did, I did, I did um, add a blue cup, and there's a little thing. If you examine the blue cup, it actually says it's it says AG Studio on the bottom, and it says Chris Jones and the version that I'm using of <laughs> awesome. AGS, which is an older version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For anyone listening now who has played a bunch of like Wadget Eye games or Francisco games, if it's just clicking now, like shit, has has there been a blue mug? Probably. <laughs> now I got to watch for them. I know that Lamplight City had one for sure because I have finished that one, and it's sort of like I think it is the last one of the last scenes of the whole game. There, uh, so. nice. I have to do this, is what I thought. So yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. one I saw. It inspired me. Let's see. And 
And I think we're just about caught up to everything that, that, that has gone on since we talked last, although I do have a couple things um, sort of I'm working on that are, that are going to happen in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. So next, next month, October 18th to 20th, uh, I'm going to be showing at EGLX in Toronto at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. So I'm actually going to have a little table and uh, have the, the demo playing up there. Oh, awesome. So anyone in Toronto, yeah. Anyone in Toronto or near Toronto, Toronto adjacent, yeah, um, please come come down. I'll be there all all this. It's Friday, half day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day, and uh, y'all be there. I can. I've got postcards, and uh, I'll be happy to to chat and talk. You can see the game, the just the demo as it is, and yeah. So that's one of the things I've got going. And um, the next thing I have is Adventure X, which is November second and third at the British Library. Yeah. Which is something again. I never thought I'd go to that. Mm. I've seen even troll trolls would go every year. He's not going this year, but he he's gone every year that it's been happening. And he has sort of like a travel log that he did, yeah, of, of the event and everything. And I'd watch it and go, "Oh, that looks so cool!" And I'd wish I could go to that one day. And you know, I know Dave goes and Francisco goes, and it's it's more like of a community one because yeah. it it is specifically adventure games. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, and I've never been to London, England either, so it's it's going to be a real special trip. Um, my sister's coming with me, so it's going to be crazy, crazy nice. special because we we've never actually traveled together like that before, and just having that that uh, kind of sisterly bonding trip mm-hmm. is going to be really cool. And she's so yeah. excited, which is great. So she's been planning all kinds of stuff for us to do, and and, and it's been really nice that we you're going to be able to share the experience. Nice, and it just. Yeah. Well, the uh, the last I heard, uh, I believe that our friend Lainey Berry will actually be at Adventure X as well. So if you see her, make sure you say hi for oh, us. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, I will look for her. Um, I am um, my, my game set up at a table there. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to be stuck to that table for the duration of the weekend. But mm. I hope, we'll just you know, I hope throw she something comes to the her. pub after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she comes by to me and, and we can chat and then say hi because I would love to do that with her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a small showcase. It's a pretty small event, actually. I, the, I think um, that's another one where if it's like a 20, 25 game showcase type right. of thing. So anyone who is London, England or London, England adjacent, come visit and chat and, and see how it is and tell me what's cool to do in London. It seems like it's really like a potent event because every year when it goes on, like the, the biggest adventure games for, for the year are always at Adventure X. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's cool to think. And, and it's funny that I say small, but I that's just me, a symptom of me not being good at selling myself and promoting myself <laughs> because I really should be seeing exclusive, not small. Like, for instance, Elsinore, we're going to be at Adventure X. So right, that's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm going to get the opportunity to do that. And I, I'd have to say that it, one of the, well, actually, it's funny because it's something I forgot to mention that I did between la- last. April and now is I actually got to go to my old college and do a, a do a special guest lecture spot. Nice there, which is like That's a bucket cool. list thing that I had on yeah. my list. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Since I graduated, yeah. you know, everyone wants to do that. That's great. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I, I got to do it. I mean, it's a technicality because it wasn't off of the the thing I graduated from, which was interpretive illustration. I got a bachelor's of interpretive illustration at Sheridan College. And I was actually lecturing on uh, game narrative for a game design course that was happening over the summer. Nice. Um, so a technicality, but I'll take it. And it was a great experience. And I actually got to talk to some students about my feelings on game narrative. And it kind of segued into 
you know, in the indie game stuff and why adventure games are are something that the indie game community seems to really not get tired of and still want to create more of is because it's something that it's actually manageable for one person or a small team to create a quality product um, mm. with a great story and with a, you know, with like an average game length experience that you'd expect of, you know, five to seven or eight hours. And uh, everyone feels like they got value from that. And, and you don't have to employ in, for instance, Breath of the Wild uh, took 300 developers four years to make. Right. Um, it's not like that in adventure games. And the types of adventure games we, we were brought up on in the early 90s and late 80s were made still by fairly small teams. Yep, and we right. have only gotten better in terms of the tools that we have at our disposal and digital distribution that um, those small teams, we can create really great stuff and, and have it on par of the stuff that people remember so fondly back in the day, which is kind of what, you know, what the Crimson Diamond is about. Mm-hmm. creating something that looks like it was from that era and hopefully you know something of a potentially similar quality to that era but just one person doing it instead of a team of people doing it mm-hmm. and it's possible well i, I hope it's possible <laughs> but it other is. people have proven it's possible yeah. so yeah that that's another reason why you know the adventure game community i think has been strong especially um i think ever since digital distribution got around and we don't have to worry about shelf space so, oh um there's there's something called fan expo in toronto that that might be something I want to look into. Okay. We'll see about that too. So that's another thing, another potential possibility. I'm not sure when that's on though, but that one gets a lot of traffic. And um, it would be a way to show the game to not just not just the same audience, the same computer game indie audience people. It would mm-hmm. be a way to show the game to people who might have played adventure games back when you know when they were kids, but then kind of stopped playing games. Mm-hmm. And I was I was kind of like that before I came back to the uh, when I when I joined the Classic Gamers Guild, uh, I actually hadn't really played anything for ages until you know until then. I mean, I was playing a little bit here and there, but you know, I'm coming into a community that actually really celebrates the classic adventure games. You know, that got me interested, and I learned about new stuff that was happening. And so I feel like potentially something like Fan Expo, which is kind of a more general kind of a gaming or, or like fan kind of show with fan, you know, games and art and entertainment, maybe would reintroduce people to the style of game that they remember that they feel like, well, you know, that's the kind of thing I used to like, but we don't have that around anymore. They might not be aware. So I'm hoping maybe I can get a bit of an audience that way. Right. You know, I, I've got one random, like just developer question as far as like getting inside of your mind and, and see, seeing how, how you and, people before have just even begun to create these games i'm wondering like what's your thought process as far as how to construct a puzzle well i okay the way i see it is i try to make a puzzle i never try to make it difficult i don't want to make something that doesn't actually make logical sense so when i'm designing a puzzle i'm just trying to here's this here's a step-by-step you know, how to bake a cake or something right i mean that's not a puzzle right how to bake a cake there's certain steps that everyone expects that they're going to have to perform in order to bake that cake and whatever inventory items you're going to need. So I kind of approach it that way. It's not a matter of fooling people or tricking people or, mm-hmm. or getting them to buy the hint book, really. Um, so that, that's how I think about it. And I tried to make the, the puzzles as, as easy as I could. I, I think I've spoken previously that I want the game to be more about enjoying the story and the characters. And in that same Cornell's bequest, method of you can get to the end like rick you said you didn't even know what was going on but you got to an ending yeah in a way. that's right yeah 
yeah, so you can kind of enjoy it to some, you know, of course, the better you know the game, and the better, you know, you can learn about everything that's going on, the more you'll get out of the experience. But I don't want it to be something where you're stuck and you can't actually progress. Mm-hmm. And again, right. I'm going to, you know, give props to Skippy because Skippy, I think, is the first one who's played the beta all the way to its to the ending that, that I've got to. And he, he tweeted that it was the puzzles were tough but fair. Right. Which I think is a really great compliment. But at the same time, I wasn't trying to make them tough. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to I was trying to make really easy puzzles, but apparently, you know, it's 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 different when it's not you. Yeah, exactly. Like how, one more on that. How do you how do you know or how, how have you planned out when to put a puzzle in? Like like you know, is it too many hmm. or too little of them? Things like that. Yeah, that so that had to do with I had to I had to plan out the story and the story beats and what was going to happen in the story, and from there I started to say, well, okay, this the, the, these things need to happen in that in this part of the story, and then, then then this happens in the next part, and it's good to have that all laid out because then you can start seeing where there's something that is too short. If something's too short, maybe I'll combine that section with something else, or if something's mm. too long, maybe I should cut that section into two, or or try to to just structure it that way. It had to, for me at least when I'm when I'm building it. I have I'm really in mind that I don't want it to be too uneven in terms of length for each of the, of, of the acts. I wanted them to be the first one's pretty short, although you know <laughs> Alice would 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 disagree having played it for three <laughs> hours and have not been getting half through the thing. Um, but she was enjoying it, which was the important part. Um, so I, I wanted to make it short, but then yeah, some of them do get a bit longer and more involved. And uh, just, I actually had, it was going to be 10 sections of game, but when I took another look at it, I realized, well, you know, at this point you kind of have to look at it objectively and say, well, it's, this is something that might be too much, or this is not going to work. Or if I combine these, it makes more sense because these two were two little short acts. So I'm going to put them together, make one larger act. And and it kind of feels, yeah. So it's a matter of, for me, I mean, I can't really speak to it too much yet because I haven't finished the game, but I would say that. I, I'm I'm aware that I have to pace it in a certain way. Like I mean, I always try to pace at the end of an act or whatever. I want there to be like a bit of a cliffhanger or something exciting happens that makes you want to go into that next part of the game. So I was, I was wondering when you mentioned earlier you had a, a game where you could, or I'm sorry, a, par, a puzzle that could be solved uh, from a couple of different ways, and you mentioned inventory items. Um, I was wondering, like, how do you how do you remember the layout of the house and all the items in the house and where they are like do you do you have to like print that out and post it on the wall or do you just have to memorize it that is a problem i'm having more and more as i develop more <laughs> of the game is i've kind of i've been relying on my own kind of memory and keeping things straight in my head but at a certain point it's getting to be um cumbersome and hard to keep track of for instance the puzzle the skippy's puzzle that i just put in the game that he's gonna have to test for me um, there were so many little bits and pieces that were involved in that. I don't even know if I've gotten it right yet, but, but I tried to hold that all in my head and just try to make sure I could. I thought of every situation or condition of the puzzle. And uh, I started having to write stuff down. And I probably should have some kind of formalized procedure on how I would do that because there is a lot involved when you know when when you're um, designing something like this. Because if you change like an inventory item, you have to change the graphic of the inventory item, and then you know. When you go into a room and things have changed and things are now different, so you have to keep all that in mind. And and uh, and that's what I mean by when I test when when I test it as it gets bigger, it just gets harder to test. And right, and right. each time I get to that stage, I'm thinking to myself, 
it's now getting too hard for me to do this. <laughs> and <laughs> I hope, I hope I'm not, I, I hope I stay wrong about that feeling until the very end. But each time now I'm like, this is like, I've now bitten off more than I can chew with this because I'll have added something and it will have broken something that I had done before or something. And then I got to figure a way to a sloppy workaround how, on how to make that thing work again. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, it's kind of like a, yeah, first time developer kind of thing reputable sources that that's how everyone always feels which is terrifying but um for a first timer and just trying to yeah trying to keep everything in my head is 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 something that i don't think i'll be able to keep up for much longer so uh. <laughs> <laughs> i would imagine you need maybe one of those like you know those like post-it boards we put it all over the wall and then connect yes. it with like red string like that <laughs> meme just kind of going mad. Yeah, it's like in Silicon Valley. Yeah, there's like some sort of, there's a Japanese name for that process. I don't remember what the name was. But yeah, it's like some sort of workflow thing where, yeah, it's going to have to, It's it should be like that probably now. Uh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> It'll give Hopefully, you a room, a nice uh, serial killer vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's nice. It's, it's colorful, you know. I don't know if I have a wall for that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just before we wrap up here, uh, do you have any uh, do you have any final thoughts or any uh, little last shout outs you'd like to make here? Uh, well, first, I'd like to say uh, I don't think any of this could have happened in terms of the pack stuff and meeting all these awesome people, um, both the guilders who are awesome people, admins, mods, and you know the people we got to meet like Dave Gilbert and Francisco and Doug Herring. I don't think any of that would have happened if we didn't have the Classic Gamers Guild. So I'm going to say thank you for the Classic Gamers Guild. You and Roberta, Aww. you put something together that is very special. And um, it's really done a lot for a lot of us. Uh, well, so yeah, that's, so that's first. Mm -hmm. That's first, absolutely. Um, I, you know, This is one of those things where you, you take a chance, you friend someone on Facebook that you don't know, and that often doesn't end well. <laughs> but... I, I will have to say that in this case, it has been just an amazing experience and amazing growth and um, new friendships. So mm -hmm. that's been really great and special. So first of all, that. And uh, second of all, um, thank you to everyone who is supporting me, however you do that, just commenting, Twittering, following, anything. It's all like manna from heaven for me. Um, that's how I run. That's what I run on when uh when i'm just by myself so i do appreciate anything anyone ever says even with the feedback if you have something that you think is is a problem with the game you have a criticism you think i could do something better please tell me i'm not going to take it personally and i just want to put out the best game i possibly can mm -hmm. so thank you for anyone who gives me feedback thank you for any kind words or otherwise <laughs> as long as it's civilized yeah um i appreciate <laughs> yes. any of that <laughs> there has to be a caveat like yeah i didn't say you could just say whatever but yeah um, any, any yeah, criticism is welcome. Feedback is welcome. So thank you to anyone who's done that so far. Thank you for anyone who's thinking about doing it because it, it will make it better. It'll make the game better. Um, so there's that. And um, lastly, I'd like to say congratulations for a year of your podcast. Oh, I don't know what you. the stats are. You know what the stats are. So tell me what the stats are. What, um, how, how do people last a year? What, what are the percentages here? Um, I, I, I am led to believe that, uh, 50% of podcasts that start, uh, fail before the seventh episode and hmm. something like 50% of those remaining fail before, what was the next number? Like 20. So I hmm. think, uh, I think we're, we've, we're into the forties now, so we're doing pretty well. 
Um, but that's amazing. You know, yeah, but you know when uh, we we have a pretty decent listenership at the moment. I think uh, each episode averages from about eighty to a hundred uh, listens over time. Not huge, not huge numbers, but it's you know it's something that that's that's eighty to a hundred people that's listening to us, and that's um uh th- that's pretty great. And honestly, uh, as long as uh, as long as it continues to be fun to do, and it's absolutely been a blast to get to know and get to talk to people like you and talk to a lot of the, all the other guests that we've had on the show over the past year. Uh, it's uh, sounds sounds corny, sounds hokey, but it really is its own reward. And of course, it was uh, through this podcast that uh, I got to know Paul. He was actually he started as a guest. Mm-hmm. Now he's a co-host. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's lovely the rapport you guys have. It's it's something I love to listen to. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thanks, mate. How about you, Paul? Uh, just before, actually, just before we get to you, Paul, I'll just give the last little uh, call to action. First of all, uh, thank you so much for coming back on to the show, Julie. It's always it's always a pleasure. Um, for those of you listening at home, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a page. We have a group. We're on Twitter at the CG Guild. Uh, we have a Patreon. Come find us if you'd like to support the show. Uh, every little bit counts. And Paul, uh, is there anything you would like to say to close out our? First year of this podcast. Our buddy on the spot. I, I love you all, everyone. If this hit your eardrums, I mean you. Genuine, actual love. And don't do a murder.